Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Hi, Inside the Vatican listeners. It's Colleen. This week, a new LGBT publication under the umbrella of America Magazine published a special mini-interview with Pope Francis about his views on LGBT issues. Joining me today to discuss this is America Editor-at-Large, Jim Martin. Sorry. Father James Martin S.J., uh, who, Jim, are you officially the, the editor-in-chief of Outreach? What's your title? <laughs> we don't really have titles. I guess you could say I'm coordinator. Maybe that's that's the best thing right now. We there haven't figured go. out titles. Yeah. Well, in any case, welcome to Inside the Vatican. Thank you. Um, so, Jim, what stands out to you most about this interview with the Pope that you got? Well, it was a very a brief interview, and uh, I asked him some simple questions that uh, I'm asked a lot by LGBT people. For me, the thing that stands out is that he responded in three days uh, Mm. in the middle of his recuperation from whatever knee problems he was having. And to me, it shows that he, you know, he really takes this seriously. Um, I thought the most interesting and provocative uh, part of the interview is where I asked him, uh, um, you know, what would you like LGBT people to know about the church or what would you Mm -hmm. tell them about the church? And he said, I'd like them to read the Acts of the Apostles. And I've seen a lot of interesting commentary on that. Now, that could mean a lot of things. First of all, we're, we're reading the Acts of the Apostles this week mm-hmm. uh, in the readings, and so that might have been on his mind. But, And I'm curious what you think, Colleen. But, uh, I, my yeah, sense that stood is that, out to me, too. Yeah, yeah. It, my sense is that it's, you know, it's a church that's kind of struggling to uh, open itself up, you know, mm-hmm. going beyond uh, the Jewish community and into the Gentiles. Yeah. And, you know, just the past couple of weeks or days, we're reading the article, we're reading the stories about you know, circumcision and non-circumcision. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what what struck you about that? Because it's it's quite provocative and mysterious. Well, it's just so interesting because so much happens in Acts that mm. you're like, you know, what does he want us to get from this? Mm. Um, I guess for me, I I think that he's just alluding to how this was a community with so many differences and they're able mm. to come together. Uh, I think it's very similar to the image he lays out in Fratelli Tutti of like this community that has so many differences including like you know seemingly irreconcilable differences of opinion and stuff Mm. who come together and uh the thing that unites them is like a common mission Mm. i i it makes me think of the catholic worker often because that's totally that model um but yeah so it seems like that's the image of the church in acts that that i get when i read it and that i think is relevant to what he's talking about here yeah, and Chris Lamb of the Tablet um, said today that uh, he thought it was interesting. He really kind of unpacked the letter, you know, line by line. Yeah, you know, he's talking about a living church. Uh, you know, that in Acts you find the living church, and he contra- Chris contrasted it to the Pope's comments about uh, you know a, a pure blood church or a selective church. So right. yeah, again, or like very the much museum church, right? Mm-hmm. He says that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I, I thought that was provocative. And um, I also liked I was finally happy to hear it from the Pope because, you know, we all say it to people, LGBT people who feel rejected. What happens when I'm re- rejected by the by by the church? And the Pope said, think of it as not being rejected by the church, but by some people in the church. And I you know, that that's a true that's a kind of common, um, you know, saying. 
But to hear it from him, I thought was really right. helpful for people. And him who speaks for the church, right? <laughs> that's a good yeah. point, right? <laughs> also, you know, a, a friend of mine um, who will remain nameless, but whom we both know, um, is a, a gay man, a gay theologian. He told me he was in tears when he read the letter. Oh wow! You know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a four or five line letter, but. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you, you forget hearing these things from the Pope, you know, means a lot to LGBT people. Totally. I want to go back to that thing you said about a selective church, him contrasting this Acts of the Apostles with the selective church, at least in Chris Lamb's reading of it. Uh, that selective church thing is one of the quotes from this interview, and it's one of the most eye-catching quotes in it. He says, you know, a, a selective church, a church of pure blood is not Holy Mother Church, but a sect, which that just was very bold. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a lot of his teaching and a lot of his commentary just in one sentence. Uh, the the image of the church as field hospital mm-hmm. uh, versus, as you were saying, you know, the museum, which I think comes yeah. from. I think is that John the twenty third. I think. I first, think so or, too. The John the twenty third's open the windows so the Holy yeah. Spirit can blow in thing. Yeah. And also his, um, you know, it's a garden. It's a garden that we have to cultivate, not a museum mm-hmm. that we're kind mm-hmm. of. So I think that's very much in, in keeping with what he's saying. And it's also, um, you know, as much as I respect him and the Pope loves him, uh, you know, it's a little different than Benedict's mm-hmm. uh, comment about the smaller, purer church. Yeah, it's I a found different it approach. In- yeah, I found it interesting, the pure blood church. Uh, I don't know if he's contrasting that with kind of historical references mm-hmm. or Benedict's, but I, yeah, I he think has people- it in quotes, but it's not yeah. clear where the quote is from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's um yeah it's it's very much along the lines of a church that's open and mm-hmm. you know, that and I think a lot of LGBT people feel more welcome the, the the more they hear what he has to say about this community the more welcome they feel yeah just to be clear I feel like we shouldn't we should make it clear that we're not implying that Benedict ever said a pure blood church that correct would come off very poorly correct yes definitely smaller and pure more yep. more faithful in his view mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um. Okay, so you said that the Pope responded to your request for the interview in three days, got this turned around in three days. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you got the interview, as much as you're willing to share? Yeah, sure. So um, I, we, so we started this uh, outreach uh, website, which is for LGBTQ Catholics and those who minister to them. And I'd always thought, boy, wouldn't it be great? I mean, always. I mean, we think about this for just a few months. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, if I sent him something that's really short, Mm-hmm. and said, you can be as brief as possible and fairly straightforward questions. I thought maybe there'd be a chance that he would respond. So I sent it to his office and the way I communicate, people are always interested. Um, I sent him a letter, a PDF, a letter in Spanish, mm-hmm. which our uh, colleague JD Long Garcia helped me translate in Espanol. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his office sends me uh, a a PDF of his handwritten notes, which seems to be the way that he likes to communicate. Yeah. And I was delighted. I mean, I sent it on a, gosh, I guess on a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I got it on the Sunday. That's impressive. Yeah. He's very efficient, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I really, I I said to him in the letter, I mean, in in addition to like, you know, kind of like personal stuff, I said, um, you know, this, 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 I hope this is easy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can respond in any way you like and mm-hmm. feel free to keep your answers brief. So I, I tend to think that, you know, if you make something easy for someone, uh, you know, it's you know, instead of like, I would like to propose this, you know, two hour interview with you, just, you know, something you can dash off. Um, mm-hmm. He's a busy guy, but I was yeah. delighted that he responded at all, frankly. No, right. The fact that he found time to dash it off in three days shows that 
responding to it was a priority for him, which is yeah, and, yeah, and I also and I think it is a priority for him to communicate to this um, to this community, um, mm-hmm. and I framed it that way. I said, look, this is a this is a, an opportunity for you uh, yeah. to to do this again. Um, I find you know it, it's very interesting reading that, and 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 I would have thought I would have thought he would have answered differently. Um, hmm, you know, for example, really? that second well, the second question about what would you like them to know about the church? Yeah. You know, I would have thought, well, you know, the church loves you, the church accepts you. And it's just such a very Francis thing to say, read the Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking great. at it now. He says, Read the Acts of the Apostles, there you'll find the image of the living church, mm. which you can actually sort of contrast with uh, his answer to your first question, not to give away the entire interview. Oh, sure. Well, you can, you can give it away. It's only it's only a six-line letter. It's, there are only three questions. That's right. But this first question was, you know, what would you say is the most important thing for LGBT people to know about God? And you would think there that he might talk about the church, but instead mm. he talks about kind of the, the style of God, which is something he's said a million times, that it's closest, it's mercy, it's tenderness. But yeah. I, I want to yeah, ask you. Oh, sorry. It's funny. Funny enough, a, a, a translation question. Um, my Spanish isn't that great, but uh, I, w- I went to an Argentine um, speaker and uh, JD, and mm-hmm. also Google Translate, because mm-hmm. the word he uses for disown, which JD translated as, yeah. as disown, uh, was translated by my Argentine friend as deny. Right. Um, or reject. And funny enough, my Argentine friend who- Let's give knows, the quote here. The quote there sure. is, you know, God is the father and he does not disown any of his children. So my Argentine friend uh, translated that as really interestingly, God is God is the father who does not reject any of his kids. Oh, and that just, sounds a lot more homey. It does. It does. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you more. always want to be careful translating the Pope's. Uh, oh, I know. And it's forever a question that we're, <laughs> exactly. we're asking among exactly. our staff too. Um, okay. So let's zoom out a little bit. You know, we talked about how this shows that it's a priority for the Pope to talk to this community. What does this interview tell us about Pope Francis and kind of his, his views, his approach to the LGBT community within the church? Well, I think that, you know, as he talks about God's style, closeness, compassion, and tenderness is his style too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's, he's talking about uh, the way that he tries to do it as well, because of course he's going to try to mirror God's style and Jesus's style. I think he's, he's, he's a pastor. He's very pastoral. He, um, he wants to reach them. He wants to talk to them. And I think, again, this is one of the little steps that he takes um, to, to, to reach this community mm-hmm. um, step by step uh, in, instead of making big, uh, grand statements. But I remember, I think I can say this cause I, I, I think I can say this when we were together in 2019 for that audience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he started to talk about what he did in Buenos Aires, like here are the things that worked. So it's very practical. Huh. And, um, I think he, he's just someone who meets people where they are, including the LGBTQ community, as you can see in this interview. It was things that worked in Buenos Aires in terms of LGBT outreach. Mm-hmm. Like cool. here, here's what we did and giving me a couple of examples. Are you and, willing to uh, give any of the examples? Well, to be honest with you, I don't remember the examples. It was, it was, you know, we, we, we did these, I think it was, we did groups, you know, we did like outreach groups and yeah, things like sure. that. Cool. And, you know, one of the things I said to him was, um, you know, well, not everyone is as lucky to live in a big city like that. Yeah. And totally. so to recognize that totally. there are other places that don't have that opportunity and certainly mm-hmm. different places in the world that don't have that. And as I've said, you know, in the show a couple of times, um, you know, the, the letter, which might seem, oh, okay, kind of pleasant, but lukewarm to some LGBTQ Catholics in the yeah. West, 
you know, when you read that in sub-Saharan Africa or Eastern Europe or places in Latin America, it's, it's quite surprising. It's huge. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about how not everybody has access to, to you know, a community like that that can be so uh, so welcoming locally. Maybe that's part of what you're trying to achieve with outreach and putting some LGBT resources on the web. So tell us about outreach. What is it and what are your goals for it? Yeah, well, thanks for noticing that because that is one of the goals. It's to provide community, but it's a, we call it an LGBTQ Catholic resource specifically, not a ministry because we're not starting a new ministry. There, there are plenty Got of it. those. Um, we recognize that, uh, you know, there was no one clearinghouse for all these different organizations, websites, books, articles. So that was the, the heart of it. Hmm. Um, and then we realized, well, we can do uh, news and essays and, uh, you know, articles. Um, we have a section called Gaudete, which raises up parishes, places, schools, people um, that are providing a welcoming home for LGBTQ Catholics. So we're trying to make it uh, a real resource, really a one-stop shopping. Um, and we're, we're doing articles in different languages, too. So we've already had two in Spanish. Mm -hmm. We have one coming up in Indonesian um, and another coming up in Portuguese. And so the, originally in Indonesian, Portuguese, not in translation. Because, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the so nice raising up voices from around the world. Yep. And one of the nice things, because I'm a Jesuit, is I know Jesuits from, you know, Indonesia and Portugal and Lithuania mm -hmm. uh, who are doing LGBT work. And I want them to be able to speak to their communities. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, community and uh, news and essays and, you know, lots of resources. It's 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 exciting. It's it's not something I mean, you know me, Colleen, it's not something I started out doing, but it just sort of. <laughs> It just sort of happened, which well, is well, much like a, your whole LGBT ministry, right? Yes, <laughs> this is not this is, is not your initial goal, no, but you kind of happened is, into it. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can, uh, for people who are not familiar, tell that story briefly. Yeah, so I um, started at America in 1999 after I was ordained way back when, and uh, you <laughs> I know, won't I tell you how old I was. Uh, well, I I want to know how old you are because I always <laughs> I think about that. I started preschool. That started year. preschool, so. <laughs> I told Colleen I was imagining something like, you know, her parents bringing her to the office and saying, this is someone you'll be working with. <laughs> Please say hello to her. Hello. You can learn how to spell and count first. Um, right. Anyway, uh, I had done not a whole lot of formal LGBT ministry, but then in 2016, uh, after the Pulse nightclub massacre, that sort mm -hmm. of encouraged me to be a little more public about it. And I wrote right. a book called Building a Bridge, and that led to this this ministry. And truly, up until a couple months ago, I hadn't really thought about starting a website. It was just mm -hmm. going to be, I don't know if I've even told you this, Colleen, it was just going to be kind of a repository for the the videos that we had from our outreach conference last year. Oh, we just sure. needed a, yeah, we just needed mm -hmm. a place for them to live. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe it could be a little bit more. And we brought in uh, Jay, Jay Sen, who's our amazing web designer at America. And he mm -hmm. made this beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm going to share a confession with you. Please. I haven't shared publicly. It's not a big one. But uh, so I've been so I'd been so focused on the resources and the Galdese section and, you know, what kind of news we'd have. I woke up one morning and I was praying and I thought, wait a minute, I can commission articles. <laughs> I can. That was just a couple of weeks ago, and I thought we could have all sorts of people write for this thing, um, and that's where you know these different articles in different languages happen, and that's where the the idea of you know why not go to the top and ask Francis if he'd you know lead us off. Well, so and it's like a, every one of our contributors, every Catholic media organization ever has been like, well, maybe we could get an interview with the Pope, and every single time it's you know just a crazy dream, but you were able to make it happen. Anything else that you'd like to say about the interview or anything we didn't touch on? 
I think it shows once again uh, his his pastoral outreach, and mm -hmm. this is a person who meets people where they are. And I think it's a, another one of the steps that he has done, you know, over the years, really small steps, uh, you know, praising Sister Janine Gramic, uh, writing a letter to Sister Monica Astorga, who works with transgender people, uh, meeting with um, Yayo Grassi, a gay man, and his partner. Just mm -hmm. small things, uh, talking to about uh, uh, appointing Car Juan Carlos Cruz uh, to a high-level papal commission. Small mm -hmm. things that really move this, the church forward. And while some people might say not enough, again, in other parts of the world, this is uh, actually more than enough for them. Right. Uh, at least that's how they think of it. So, so it's good for us to remember um, these small steps and also how these things play in other parts of the church. Mm -hmm. In other parts of the world, too, yeah. Uh, Jim, you and I have a video where we kind of explain some of the steps that Pope Francis has been taking. Obviously, it's before you got this interview with him, but I'll link to that video in our show notes for this episode. And Jim, if people want to learn more about outreach and maybe come to the, the conference version of it, uh, where can they find that? Sure. Everything is online and it is at outreach.faith. And that's a new domain uh, name that we have. It's not faith.edu. It's just outreach.faith. And there you'll see uh, the news and views, the Gaudete section, the resources, the place to uh, uh, um, sign up for the conference, and also this uh, interview we've been talking about. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. My pleasure. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This bonus episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Audio engineering by Kira Hanlon. Our executive producer is Sebastian Gomes. For America Media, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.